How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Chomp at the Bit. I'm Kyle Edwards, of course. Now, this episode, we're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, I was planning on taking a little bit of break from the NBA because I thought once the offseason got underway, there'd be a little bit of a kind of a quiet period between the start of free agency and then between we start getting a lot of these moves happening. Well, that didn't happen at all because... I mean, we heard about moves before free agency officially started. And then once a free agency got going, like a whole slew of moves happened. So, I mean, there's only natural. I'm going to talk about some of the moves that I've seen so far. Some of them I like. There's a couple others that, you know, make me scratch my head a little bit. But there's one thing you can say about the NBA is that their offseason, at least the past few unpredictable and wildly active so go ahead get into some of that and also we'll take a look at some of the I guess players that are still available to see you know if there's any big names there and even with all the moves that have happened so far there are still a couple of players that were waiting to see what's going to happen with them so if the first two days or so of free agency or any indication of how this free agency period is going to go the NBA is probably going to be in the news for a while now and I'm not against that got to fill the gap between now and football season so I'm here for it but let's go ahead jump into some of these moves and see what I like and what I don't like um all right, so the moves kind of came quickly, like I said. And some of the bigger ones that I've liked so far. Uh, well, I don't know if I've liked this one yet, but um, Danny Ainge, who's now in Utah, I believe he's the GM or assistant G- He's something out there. He's in the front office. And what do we know about Danny Ainge? He's not afraid to make big moves with big names. And he's done that already. So he's sending Rudy Gobert out, which if you remember, I talked about at the end of the reg- at the end of the NBA season, Utah had to do something. The Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert dynamic kind of has worn his you know, welcome. And you can see that there's a clear ceiling with those two. Basically not championship quality. So I assume they were going to either move one or both, but if they're only going to move one, it'd be Rudy Gobert, and that's what Danny Ainge did. He's going to the Timberwolves, which now creates a front court where you have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert in it. I will be interested to see what that looks like because 
I do think at times Carl Anthony Towns can be too perimeter happy. I just hope that with Gobert now on the court with him, it doesn't force him out in the perimeter even more, and he feels like he needs to stay out there. Hopefully they can find that balance because this could work out for Minnesota if they are able to. If not, this may be a move that we look back on in a couple of years and wonder, was it the right move or not? Uh, Utah is it's basically like a salary dump, if you want to put it that way. I mean, Utah's getting some pieces back. You know, they're getting Patrick Beverly, who, if you remember the... Was it the playing tournament when they won that game or whatever? And all the emotion that Patrick Beverly was pouring out and all that. To now get dealt away, that could be a blow to him. But we know Patrick Beverly is... I mean, he, he'll probably just do the same in Utah. That's if he stays there. Well, to see. Maybe he gets moved again. I don't know. But, um... They do get Malik Beasley. That's a good piece to, I guess, start the rebuild, retool, whatever Danny Ainge wants to call it. But now all eyes are going to be on Donovan Mitchell to see does Danny Ainge, I guess, complete the teardown and move Donovan Mitchell now? Or does he try to convince Mitchell to stay and get other pieces around him to make him feel like it's worth staying there? Because, yes, Mitchell is under contract, but as we've seen... When these big name players feel like their current situation isn't good enough for them, then they can publicly make it known that they want out. So Danny Ainge has a lot to figure out here. We'll have to see if Utah makes another move in the next coming days of free agency because there's still names out there. And as we know, with any with any club, you make a right offer. For the most part, they'll part ways with a lot of people on their roster. So there could be somebody that we're not even thinking of that Danny Ainge could somehow figure out a way to get him to Utah to pair with Mitchell. But that's something to watch going forward. Um, what was another move that I liked? I, mean, we, I think we already knew about this one because we heard about it. But John Wall gets bought out he decides to go to the Clippers and he's going there two years 13 million so it's not big money which I mean John Wall's made a bunch of money not really playing the past few years so this clearly looks like a move where he's trying to win something now and the Clippers have an interesting roster that they're building up right now because now you know, they started off Kawhi and PG, Paul George, for those of you who don't know. But um, now you're bringing in John Wall. Yes, those are three guys who have had recent injury issues. But if, and for John Wall's career last few years, probably heard that word a lot, if. But if John Wall can come in, be healthy, if Kawhi comes back from his injury, looks like the same player. Paul George, we saw come back from his injury last season, and he played well down the stretch. So if those three can all be on the court at the same time, now you know that uh, Ty Lue's going to have to do some load management with all three of them throughout the season. 
but those three could be formidable in a Western Conference that isn't necessarily as deep as the East is right now because you're looking at Phoenix who had that meltdown last year so we don't know what they're gonna I mean we we assume they'll be towards the top of the West so you got them you got Golden State reigning champions you have uh, Denver who has their own ifs as well but you have Denver you have Memphis Utah's completely ripped it apart so you don't have to really worry about them at least yet but right there you got the Clippers slip into that group I know Vegas loves the Lakers which I guess we'll talk about a little bit later maybe but if Vegas is right and the Lakers have a bounce back from last year you put them in that group that's kind of where you are at the West Uh, Minnesota we'll have to see once like I said before the go bear Carlton Towns fit but that's kind of where you start after that you're probably reaching a little bit for some Western Conference teams of course there can be a team that's going to surprise and move up that's not out of the question but right now with those three on the Clippers you'd have to put them at the in the top contenders pool of the Western Conference so the Clippers could be wildly exciting to watch next year once again that's if health is not a problem and we have to see for them with their others and their bench guys do they lose any of them um if not they should be fine um let me see here Zach Levine how powerful is Cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox it's internet built for tomorrow today Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Who, if you remember, I think it was LeVar Ball said like a few months ago that he thought Zach Levine was going to the Lakers, which I believe I said on here before. I don't pay attention to LeVar Ball. I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. Clearly, he didn't know. At least, well, I mean, I guess there's still a possibility maybe he gets traded there. I doubt it, but, you know. So, Zach Levine gets his max deal to stay in Chicago. I mean, he was there in Chicago last year. Chicago did have injury issues last year. Chicago is a team that people are going to watch going into next year to see if they can kind of break into the top half of the East because they have talent on that team, but they as well have their own ifs. 
if Lonzo Ball can defy odds and make it through a season healthy. He hasn't really done that yet, but if uh, Alex Caruso got hurt last year, but he came back. Uh, DeRozan's going to be another year older, and DeRozan's older than you probably think. I think DeRozan's got to be like 30... And DeRozan like mid-30s at this point, I think, but uh, Levine is definitely going to be a big part of how successful they have in terms of wins and losses next year. And for this kind of money, five years, 215 plus, I mean, he's going to have to shoulder a lot of the load. That means when they go through losing streaks, he's going to be the guy that they're looking at. And then now there's going to be a lot of pressure amongst the fans of Chicago for him to deliver a winner there. All in all, I mean, Zach Levine is talented. Of course, he's not the perfect player, but I think this is the move that Chicago needed to make. So I have no problem with that one. Um, Otto Porter goes to Toronto. So he gets his ring with Golden State bounces out to Toronto and I guess he pretty much fits into the Raptors roster of like six nine and under guys because they don't have any real legit big men but I mean you put Porter on the court with Siakam Barnes Ananobi I Fred Van Vliet's the only small guy but that's a lot of length a lot of potential defensively just not a lot of inside presence defensively so that could be where they get attacked and let's see I I kind of assume Toronto's not done making moves but I I like Porter going there I think that's a good move for them and they got him on a two year deal Uh, I guess we talk about the Knicks because the Knicks They were busy. I don't know if it's the good type of busy, though, because they they got an agreement with Mitchell Robinson, four years, 60 million. Not big money. He's a guy who has his own injury concerns, I guess, but he's a talented big man. And for, you know, a Thibodeau-led team, yeah, Thibodeau's still the coach there. Great signing because neither rim protector then they made the move that was seen as kind of the move of the day up until a few moves later but I we'd heard about they they wanted Jalen Brunson for a while they were enamored with him they got it done so four years like 104 105 million and that's probably the first move that made me scratch my head I get it. Jalen Brunson was the hot name coming out of last year, but that seems like a lot to give to a guy based off of a couple of playoff games. And that's about it. Because, yes, he he got a lot of attention uh, when, you know, Doncic didn't play and Brunson had a couple of good games. I think that's a large leap to go from that 
to now like 25 million and he's going into New York he's going to have to be the man now but if you look at the Knicks the Knicks have other problems they need to figure out because I don't care who you bring in if Julius Randle is going to continue to play the way that he does the Knicks aren't going to go anywhere I've said this before that I think the Knicks should move Randle I don't know if they can at this point so if they can't they're going to have to get somebody to get into his head convince him to play differently because if you've seen any Knicks games their offense is basically if the ball's swinging around the minute it gets to Randall everything dies at that point because then it just turns into Randall pounding the ball trying to fake out his defender I mean he doesn't have the best handles he's not exactly the quickest guy but he tries the same moves possession after possession and it usually leads to him taking a tough jump shot because like I said he's not quick enough to get around a lot of guys so he's usually taking a lot of fadeaways and bringing Brunson into that environment where now you have Brunson you have Derrick Rose who plays the same position mind you but I guess Rose can come off the bench because he's kind of been doing that for a while now you have R.J. Barrett you have so I guess their starting lineup would be what Mitchell Robinson at the 5 I guess Randall at the 4 but Barrett at the 3 Fournier at the 2 Brunson as your point guard I don't see how that team's any better next year than they were this past year so I mean the Brunson deal just screams of desperation from an organization in the Knicks that has been burnt some you know some of these off seasons where they went big fish hunting and completely missed out so they targeted Brunson they got him I mean his his what I think his dad is like an assistant coach of the Knicks and I think like the owners related to Brunson too or something so it's I don't know Knicks fans you'd have to let me know I think this is a move that has the potential to blow up in the Knicks face but obviously I'm not you know hoping that Brunson completely fails in New York it's just that there's there's no faith when it comes to the Knicks front office right now so bringing in Brunson and Robinson that doesn't answer all of their issues and I I just don't know if they if they'll be able to plug the other holes with the biggest one being Randall he's the biggest issue if Randall's the best player on your team you're not winning anything. It's been proven, unless you haven't been paying attention. Um, if I said Otto Porter leaving Golden State, Gary Payton is now leaving Golden State. He's going to the Blazers. Blazers are another team where not really sure what they're doing right now, but you know, uh, we know that Damian Lillard put out that post about Kevin Durant being in Portland 
which I mean, I guess I'll talk about that in a little bit, but Golden State losing another key piece to a championship team. That's a good get for the Blazers, but we'll have to see what other moves come with that before I consider Portland to be some type of, you know, contender or team to really worry about yet. Uh, Zion got his max from the Pelicans, kind of assumed that was going to happen, but yeah. Uh, Then outside of that, I think the biggest things were the Celtics and the situation in Brooklyn. So I'll talk about situation in Brooklyn first. I kind of want to end it with the Celtics because once again, Celtics fan here and the show with them. So the Brooklyn situation, if you haven't been paying attention, has been, I guess, the talk of the NBA world because one, after this past year, they were in the news constantly, you know, James Harden going there, leaving Ben Simmons, going there, not playing Kyrie and his sideshow and then Durant who yes he dealt with injuries last year but he was kind of the only consistent player Brooklyn could depend on last year well shortly after basically finding out you know Kyrie's going back there we learned that Durant has requested a trade so Imagine this, three years, I think it's been like three years or something. Brooklyn goes out, gets Kyrie, KD, and now in a short term, three years, none of those, neither of those guys could be on the team, as well as Harden, who they brought in to fill out the big three with those two. And you have to look at it as Brooklyn, once again, has failed in whatever this process that you want to call it whatever the end game was supposed to be they fell so far short of it that Brooklyn is now kind of being laughed at at this point if you don't remember there was the whole thing some years ago with the Celtics and everybody said Danny Ainge completely fleeced them on a deal and that's the one where they got an aging KG aging Paul Pierce and they won nothing with those two completely bottomed out and the Celtics got a bunch of high draft picks out of it well now they built up another squad and they got nothing for it the best that they did was I think the second round yeah because I don't think they made a conference finals they definitely didn't make the finals which means they didn't win a ring when you had Kyrie Irving, who people tell you is the most talented point guard they've ever seen, and you have Kevin Durant, who's probably the most lethal offensive player that we've ever that we've seen in a while, I'll say. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And 
somehow they couldn't manage to put it together to accomplish anything. But anyway, fast forward the story. So Kyrie Irving opts in, but he basically opts in because he's upset that he couldn't get a longer term deal. So he's been telling people he's going to end up in LA with the Lakers. And then Durant demands a trade, I guess, because Kyrie didn't get big money. So he sees the organization. He sees it as the organization isn't taking care of Kyrie. And remember Durant left Golden State to go to Brooklyn for Kyrie. So now Durant's offended. He wants out. And then the craziest part of the story was, uh, I think it was Wojnarowski who said, that the idea of Durant and Kyrie playing together isn't off the table. So if possible, they would like to go somewhere together, which is stupid to me and something that probably can't happen and something that Brooklyn shouldn't feel obligated, obligated to do. But you have Kyrie wanting to be in LA to get back with LeBron because we know that's when he's had his most success with LeBron because he was with them before one ring, blah, blah, blah. Got sick of LeBron, wanted his own team, then realized he's not the type to have his own team because he's not a great leader. He's not a great locker room guy. He's quite the opposite. He's one of those who is divisive and splits locker rooms and teams get tired of him pretty quickly. So for all the talent, he's still a guy that a lot of teams are staying away from. Then again, if you think about it, the Lakers could take on anybody at this point because their past season was a complete disaster and they got to fix that. So, will Kyrie end up out there? I kind of doubt it because I don't know what the Lakers could offer Brooklyn to justify sending Kyrie out there because everybody's talking about Westbrook, which... Westbrook isn't the headache that Kyrie is, but I'm sure there's questions going around of Westbrook's ability at this point, even though I am a Westbrook fan. I just like the fact that he goes 100% all the time, but we know his deficiencies. So that is what it is. The Durant thing, I guess, makes, I mean, isn't that surprising because we've seen him leave teams before. And we know how sensitive and all that Durant is to media criticism and all that. But then the craziest thing, because for people who try to defend Durant and I guess whatever, he comes out with a list of teams he wants to go to. And the top two teams on his list are Phoenix and Miami. So the two number one seats from last year, that's where he wants to go. So this kind of seems like he's trying to recreate the Golden State thing all over again. Except Golden State, at least for now, isn't trying to get him back. So he picks the two number one seeds as a place to go. Problem is, I don't see how those two teams put together a package that makes sense for Brooklyn. And if I'm Brooklyn, I'm going to trade Kevin Durant. I'm not going to trade him in the East. At least that's what I would. That's at least that's that's the way I would go about it. So that would take Miami off the table, and then if I'm going to trade with Phoenix, 
what am I getting in return? Booker, who's another guy who got uh, his big money with an extension. And also Jokic did. I didn't want to get through this episode without mentioning that Jokic got big money. And I mean, two-time MVP. We know the talent's there. No problem with that. But um, yeah, so Durant wants to go to Phoenix. They can't take Booker on because... I don't know how many of you know about this, but this is something that I learned that there's like some NBA rule that there's certain players. It's like guys on rookie deals. You're not allowed to have like, you're not allowed to trade for one of them. If you have one on your team or something like that, or guys who just got an extension off of the rookie deal, it's some weird thing. So for the fact that they have Ben Simmons on the team, they technically can't trade for Devin Booker anyway. So, I mean, Ben Simmons gets there, doesn't play, and now he's even hindering that. But, um, so if you can't get Booker, you're not going to want Chris Paul at this point because Chris Paul, I mean, isn't reliable in the playoffs, is older. So are you going to make a package with Mikhail Bridges? Do you do sign and trade with DeAndre Ayton? I guess a bunch of picks, but I, I don't know. So the Durant thing, I don't, I doubt that gets resolved anytime soon. Because one, Durant's got to be open to go to other places, which I think there's other teams on the list. I think like the Celtics are on the list, which as a Celtics fan, I'm good on the Durant thing because I feel like if one, it'd be crazy for Brooklyn to trade Durant within the division, much less in the East. But if they were going to, they're going to want like Jalen Brown, Grand Williams, bunch of picks. They'd probably want. I don't know. They'd probably want everybody outside of Tatum because we know Boston wouldn't trade Tatum. Now, the good thing is it was already put out there that Boston has zero interest in trading Jalen Brown, which thankfully is the position they should take because I think it'd be stupid to trade Jalen Brown at this point, especially for a Kevin Durant who's about to be 34, I think. And I have no I mean, I don't have any doubt that Durant's going to age well going into his late 30s, but we don't know. So Brooklyn could kind of be stuck here. Now, the one thing on Brooklyn's side is that Durant has four years left on his deal. So if they can't move him, then Durant's kind of forced to play there. Which I think he would because Durant doesn't come across as a guy who's one of those who can't get his way will just completely shut down and not play so that's gonna be interesting to watch I think the Kyrie aspect I think at this point Brooklyn would love to get away from that guy it's just questions are how do they do it so that's something to watch as we go into free agency Um, some other quick things before I finish with the Celtics here uh, we learned that Harden opted out of his deal, but plans are going back to Philadelphia on a team-friendly team, 
I guess, friendlier contract, as we'll put it. We'll have to see what that looks like. Uh, they did get P.J. Tucker. They stole him away from Miami. I do think some of this narrative and hype around P.J. Tucker is a little overblown because people are making it out to be like P.J. Tucker is this guaranteed championship type guy. I mean, is he valuable? Yes, but I think some of that needs to calm down just a little bit. But um, so, yeah, so now let's get to my Celtics to end this episode here. There was a lot of questions about Brad Stevens when he moved from the coaching role to the GM role. And I got to say, if he was reluctant to do it at first, he seems like a natural at this thing. Last year, there was all the talk about splitting up the Jays. He refused to do that. He went ahead and added to the team, getting Horford back and uh, Derek White. Then shipped out a bunch of guys who were taking up space. Kind of bigger headache than needed for a first-time coach in Udoka who he brought in. And look what that did. So then he gets to the offseason. Some people could have been like, hey, we'll run it back. We were two games away from winning the title. Brad Stevens let us know that he wasn't going to do that because at the end of the season, he said the team needed playmaking and bench depth because what hurt the Celtics in the finals as the finals went on, some of those guys who were dependable on the bench during the regular season and early in the playoffs fell off a bit and the production wasn't there anymore. So what does he do? We heard about the DeJounte Murray to the Hawks deal and Gallinari going out, gets bought out. He goes, gets Gallinari. Now, being in Atlanta, I've seen Gallinari on the Hawks. I didn't necessarily like the fit with him on the on the Hawks teams because they had him in a position where they depended on him like he was the number three option on certain nights. I don't think that's the kind of guy he is at this point. So with the Celtics, he's going to be a guy who can come in off the bench, space the floor. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. So when Tatum and Brown get to the rim, kick it out, he's a guy that they can depend on to knock down an open three on a consistent basis. So I love that fit. Then some time passed, we wondered what else is Brad going to do? And then he pulls off a move that I didn't see coming. He gets with the Pacers and pries away Malcolm Brogdon, who's a guy that a lot of Celtics fans and Celtics media have been looking at for the past few years. Now Brogdon comes in with injury concerns somewhat, but I think by him coming into Boston, he's not now the guy that he was in Indiana. Because Indiana, a lot was on his shoulders to initiate offense, to score and all that as a starter because Indiana was a flawed team at that point. But at Boston, he can come in, you know, late game situations. You can have him out on the floor to be a guy to initiate the offense because during the finals, you could see that take a toll on Brown and Tatum and 
that's where a lot of the turnover issues happened. Brogdon can come in and solve that. Brogdon gives Marcus Smart some relief. Because, yes, Marcus Smart played point guard, was good at point guard. Quick side note, I've seen a lot of people talking about this is a move that's like a slap in the face of Marcus Smart and kind of lets him know that he didn't do his job. I think that's crazy. Marcus Smart was a great point guard last year. I've said this for years, and it still holds true to today. Where Marcus Smart is best is that if there's people on the court that are playing well, knocking out shots, Marcus Smart's great because he has no problem facilitating all that. Where the issue comes is when guys come in and they're off, they're not making shots and all that, then Marcus Smart feels like it's on him to do that, and that's where you get those games where he takes 20 shots, taking like 10 threes. So now bringing in Gallinari, Brogdon, those are two guys who if they're on the court with him and the Jays or him and one of the Jays and Horford or him, Robert Williams, Horford, the and one of the Jays, he has no problem letting those guys get theirs. So I think it's a brilliant move. And with Brogdon's injury concerns, you can, you know, dial back his minutes. But with him and Gallinari there, you can dial back Tatum's minutes. You can dial back Brown's minutes because you still have Derek White. You still have Payne Pritchard. You still have Grant Williams. So Brad Stevens was able to get Brogdon. I mean, he got Gallinari for nothing because Gallinari is a free agent. But you get Brogdon and he didn't deal away anybody within the top eight of the rotation from the finals team. Now you're adding these two guys. The Celtics are now 10 deep. And that also gives way to, you know, J.D. Davison maybe being on the roster. But I feel like he'll be in Maine. And Travion Williams, who I talked about some episodes ago, maybe this opens up a spot for him if he does well in the summer league to be that big man piece that a lot of people think the Celtics need to find in free agency so maybe they have the guy in-house we'll have to see but it opens up space for those guys to get on the game day roster now and all in all I just like what Brad Stevens has done so far in his time as the GM and it's, it's got me excited for next season to see how Brogdon and Gallinari fit in with the group now but um but yeah uh, I think that's I think that's about it so like I said the Brooklyn situation is still something we have to watch uh, Philly we have to watch that to see what kind of money Harden comes back on and what exactly does that mean in terms of them making other moves and let me see what else, what else. Oh, yeah, one last thing. More on a serious note here. Miles Bridges. I don't know if you've seen the story or understand what's going on. But if there was an award for stupidity or whatever you want to call it, 
Miles Bridges gets that unopposed. So the day before free agency is about to begin, when Miles Bridges is one of those guys who's supposed to get big money in this offseason, because we've seen money being kicked around, he gets arrested on the domestic violence charge or whatever. And I was looking into the story, and if it's all true, because you have to say allegedly at this point until whatever, but based off what the... I think it's his wife, girlfriend, I don't know. Based on what she's saying and the pictures that were attached to the story, if it's all true, Bridges may not play another game in the NBA. I'm just going to put it that way because it's some shocking details in that story. Once again, if you haven't seen it or heard about it, look it up. You'll be amazed at what's been going on and so at this point, like I said, Miles Bridges was a guy coming into this offseason that a lot of teams I think would have loved to have had. But with this story coming out, I feel like no team should touch him at this point because if you're going to go ahead and allegedly, like I said, do that, then you have no business being in the NBA. That's clear cut to me because... You know, as any commissioner would say, it's a privilege to be in their league and to make that kind of money. There's not anybody's right to do that. So if Bridges, once again, allegedly did that and wants to throw his career away, that is on him. Now, of course, you'd want him to get back on his feet or whatever. Just can't be in the NBA. That'd be a terrible look for the league. And if there's one thing we know about these owners, it's they want to maintain good standing with the public because those are the ones who pay all the money. So once again, if it is all true, it's a tragic story for Miles Bridges because he was a guy who showed a lot of talent, but that talent doesn't work in this situation. So I just wanted to say that to end out this episode. Well, before I close out the episode, because I think it needed to be said because it's it's crazy to me how some of these athletes can put themselves in that situation and completely derail the direction of their career. Because like I said, Miles Bridges was clearly on the uptick. You know, Charlotte was an up and coming team, I guess you could say. But that's another story I will be paying attention to to see what happens with that, because like I said, Check out the story. There are, yeah, there's probably pictures attached to it from the claims of the wife, girlfriend. I can't remember what she was, but yeah. And I even think the kids, I don't know. It, it's it's a crazy story, but check that out. So, but yeah. So with that, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, share. And um yeah yeah pretty sure i didn't miss anything but um thanks again if this was your first episode appreciate you stopping by and hopefully check out some past episodes stick around leave a review comment whatever oh one more thing i mentioned this on last episode i'm trying to do weekly or probably every other week i'll dedicate a day to kind of a fun topic that is sports related of course well, i'll do a 
top five list of whatever that you can come up with. Of course, if I don't get any suggestions, I'll kind of come up with one on my own because I did say I will start with my top five sports movies. So kind of give you an idea of what I'm looking for here. But if you do want to, I guess, submit a request, you can follow me on Twitter at Chompin Podcast. Let me know there. I guess you could put it into your comment or review wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can do that as well. And if I choose your suggestion, I'll shout you out on the episode, of course. So uh, hopefully, you know, come with some good ones because I do have some I can kind of start with. But once again, if you guys come with suggestions, I would obviously love to use one of yours. Um, But yeah, so if you can do that greatly appreciated as well as like subscribe share all that good stuff so thanks again and as i say at the end of every episode be safe out there god bless and i'll catch you on the next episode all right have a good one i'm out This episode is made possible by PwC. Invest in a cooler future and be part of the climate solution. Critical challenges require critical thinking, and that's why ESG is part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.